John Harris with the Tennessee Firearms Association joins us now on the Matt Murphy Show on Super Talk to give us an update as to where we are uh, regarding uh, the lawsuit against the Metro Nashville Police Department. John, good afternoon. How are you? Good afternoon. Doing well. Well, without uh, leading you in any particular direction, where where have we been? Where are we? And where are we going? Talk to us about the uh, the state of the lawsuit, John. Yeah, the state of the lawsuit is really bizarre at this point. Uh, typically, this kind of lawsuit moves very quickly, and it's relatively narrow in scope because they they are they are typically what's called a show cause hearing, where the person, the entity, makes a request for public records. The governor, government denies it on some grounds. Then a petition is filed, the lawsuit, in other words. And the only real question is the judge looks at the request for records, typically, looks at the basis on which the government either redacted or denied the records. And then the court independently decides whether or not the objection was properly raised. That's the normal course. In, in this instance, there are at this point, five separate lawsuits, four of which are in state court, all of which basically seek the same thing, which are the records concerning the manifesto and the Covenant School shooting records um, that Metro has in its possession. Uh, Metro has objected to that initially based only on the claim that there's a pending criminal investigation. Um, that's the only claim that was raised when the original requests were made. They've added some more but the main objection by Metro is there's a criminal investigation that's in their pleadings. But what's really bizarre about this is now there are five law firms. A new one has been added this week with as many as 16 or 17 different individual attorneys involved representing the Covenant School, the Covenant Church, and an undesignated number and unidentified individuals merely identified in the court proceedings as the covenant parents. And this group of 16 to 17 intervening parties and parents with their attorneys are all seeking to ask the court to grant a permanent injunction so that these records are never available to the public. Uh, the court granted last week those requests to intervene. And as a result of that, all of the petitioners, the newspapers, the Tennessee Star, the Tennessee Firearms Association, uh, including the work we're doing on behalf of Judicial Watch, has of have of this morning filed appeals to the Tennessee Court of Appeals asking the Court of Appeals to look at this question of is it even permissible under state law for someone like the Covenant School, its parents, or the church to try to intervene and inject itself into an open records case for any purpose at all, much less permanently trying to block the records from ever becoming publicly available. I know that it sounds odd, and I was talking to my good friend Jay St. Clair about this this past Friday, and I think you would concur with his analysis that it sounds odd to the layman that the Covenant School itself would not necessarily be a party to the case, but they're not really with regard to the ability for an American citizen to see the proceedings of government. And that's what we're talking about, right? I mean, we're talking about keeping uh, what the government does open as possible so as the people can review this information. 
Exactly. I mean, essentially, it's sort of a First Amendment concept because absent the ability of the news, the press, and the people to review the records of government activity, you really don't have an effective means of expressing any kind of public opinion or news reporting on government actions, which is a First Amendment core concept. So... It was it. So, I mean, you mentioned it. You kind of already answered the question, but I'll kind of go back over it again. It surprised. Did it surprise you that the uh, judge granted the ability for the Covenant School and the Covenant Church, by extension, to be a party to the case? And does it surprise you that there are the numbers of lawyers that you've identified? The, the number of lawyers involved. I mean, one law firm has identified nine separate attorneys in that particular firm that are involved. That's the firm. One of the two firms representing the Covenant parents, uh, the judge did make the comment in the public hearings that were uh, recorded by Channel 17 News and played back by many of the news stations that she found this to be a very unique situation with no clear guidance. And if you do look at the pleadings that have been filed in the case, there's not a single case cited by anybody anywhere where a court of appeals or the Tennessee Supreme Court has held specifically that these third-party intervenors have any kind of standing under the Tennessee Open Records Act to inject themselves or to participate. There have been a, a small number of cases where <clears throat> the courts have allowed, just one or two that I'm aware of, have allowed someone to intervene, but nobody challenged it in those cases. And typically, those cases involved a situation where there was a pending criminal investigation. One was the Vanderbilt rape case a few years back, where the person intervening was the rape victim who didn't want personal identifying information released. But outside of that, there's no court precedent in Tennessee and no clear statutory language that even contemplates that uh, Third parties would intervene as they have here. And that's why it needs to go to the Court of Appeals. And, John, I don't want to sound, and I know you don't want to either, insensitive to the emotions involved here. But merely stating on the part of the Covenant School that this will keep those emotions raw or it will cause them some level of pain is not a justifiable reason to keep this information from the public. Well, if, if that were a justifiable cause, think about it. Anytime there was a car wreck fatality and the news media went out and had video footage and tried to play it in the news uh family members might object and say it's causing raw emotional hurt and pain anytime there's a, a murder victim and the news is showing you know images of the house or the or the family at the courthouse or the, the killer for example or or just covering the story the same type of this this is raises you know emotional wounds uh, would surface, and 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 that's that's a question there as to whether the Court of Appeals or the Tennessee General Assembly, in its discretion, want to make this collateral issue of it's painful if the story persists in the news as a basis for blocking public access to government records. So, just to reset, you're appealing this particular decision to allow them to be a party to the case. Yeah, all of the petitioners, everybody, the yeah. Tennessean, the star, everybody's appealing that right now. 
And where are we in that appeal? When is the next get together? When is the next? Hearing? Well, the, the appeals were filed yesterday and then one this morning. Uh, the Court of Appeals now has to deal with requests that the appeal be treated in an expedited manner uh, to, to get a quick ruling, particularly in light of the potentially the, you know, the special session, because otherwise an appeal in Tennessee typically would take, you know, one to two years. Uh, so is that the next matter to be decided, whether or not we can continue with those individuals as a party to the case? I, I would assume that's the, that's, that's the order that yeah, this has yeah, to happen. The, the purpose of the appeal is to address that very issue. Yeah. And then you can move on. And I mean, this doesn't in any way. I just want to make sure everybody's clear. Uh, this addresses whether or not Covenant School and Covenant Presbyterian Church can be a party. And then you move on uh, with the what the show cause. Then we would move on with the show cause. But keep in mind, I mean, you know, Chief Drake, uh, according to Governor Lee, had announced that, you know, Metro was going to soon be releasing some of these records anyhow. And so we don't even have to have the show cause if Metro decides to release some or all of the records. The lawsuit doesn't really stop that. And you and I it's talk just if Metro refuses to release them. Right. And you and I mention this every time you're on, John, but for new listeners, we get new people every day. So I just want to make sure that we're clear. It is not your contention that the public should see ev anything and everything. There are certain items that you would be comfortable having redacted within this information um, under specific circumstances, right? Oh, absolutely. The, the Public Records Act, for example, says that photographs of deceased victims at certain ages aren't available and nobody really wants or needs that information. So there's certain, you know, the, the identifying information of the families, nobody wants or needs that. Uh, you know, the interest is because of the special session in particular, where are the records that tell us why she did what she did? Right. Uh, so next step is to expedite the appeal. Uh, what is your best case scenario as to a decision on that? Uh, really, you know, it's, it's a three-judge panel is going to have to decide, are they going to expedite it? Is this enough public interest and urgency to expedite it? A lot of people would say, particularly given the special session and the fact the legislature one state senator is a party to the case, uh, Senator Gardenhire, and 66 House members have written a demand letter that's an exhibit in the case saying we need these records to be able to have the special session. So there is some urgency, uh, at least from one branch of government. We'll see if another branch, the judicial branch, acts on that urgency. Well, John, I appreciate the update. Uh, just as an aside, is this something you've ever experienced? I, I just, it feels like there is more uh, pushback toward the concept of open records. And this is not a political thing. Uh, I know the, the Tennessee Star has been invested in some of this, the Tennessee Farms Association, the Tennessee. And these are very different organizations from, um, from an ideological point of view. Okay. So this is not a political matter in that sense. But have you experienced in your decades of experience this type of pushback regarding open records? No, it's it's uh, there's no precedent for it in Tennessee. There really isn't. John, thank you for keeping us up to date. Any information, just bring it on to us and we'll get to it immediately. And I thank you for your time and consideration. Thanks. Thanks. Bye bye. All right. There's John Harris with the Tennessee Farms Association. I just 
I, I have, in my experience as a talk show host, never seen anything like this. And, you know, that's 23, 24 years experience where I, I understand and have often talked to individuals who were intimately involved in very tender, emotional, and tragic situations who don't necessarily want that information dragged before the public view. But ultimately, they recognized that that wasn't a decision of their making, that in order for our country to stand on a bedrock principle of freedom of expression and freedom of information and the freedom of the press to operate exterior to and not be blocked by government, that this information is available to the public. Now, we obviously make exceptions. John notes one of the exceptions being, you know, photographs of the crime scene or pertinent information that might inspire or aid in a copycat type situation. No one wants to see that. No one wants to aid and abet that. But there's something deeper going on here. I know it and and you know it. I mean, we do, do you not feel it? That there's something else going on that we can't put our finger on? I'm not going to speculate what that might be. But there's something. 